Women's Strong Women Talk is a YM Power podcast proudly produced by Our Bluff Community Studio. WSWT was born when two friends decided that enough was enough. Like the world at large, we found ourselves going through a major shift in what we wanted to say and what we've been given the space to say historically. I'm Ness and I'm the CEO and founder of YM Power Australia a youth mentoring advocacy service geared towards connecting young people with knowledge, opportunities and each other. I'm Tallulah. I am a social science student by day and a hardworking hospital worker by night. I love cake, activism and the colour yellow. When strong women talk, anything is possible and the shroud that currently surrounds us is lifted. We talk all things sex, politics, gender, spirituality and leading from friendship and compassion. We're so glad that you could join us. Welcome to episode six, six of When Strong Women Talk. Um, before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge that we're recording this podcast on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, um, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, future, and emerging, and anyone listening to our podcast today. On today's episode, we'll be joined by Yemi Penn. We're talking everything from global mindset changes to mindfulness and what we can do in our own communities in entrepreneurship and leadership. Welcome, welcome. We are so pleased to be joined today by wonderful, wonderful Yemi Penn. Thank you for joining us today. She is an entrepreneur, a mindset coach, and just an all-round badass. I'll take that. So thank you for joining <laughs> us today. Thank you for having me. I am, I am a bit silent at the moment, but I'm just waiting for the questions to come through and yeah. it's going to be... Blah, blah, blah. Yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, we've got quite a setup going in our living room today and we'd like to also thank Our Block Studios yes. for having us and yes. for setting this, making this all happen. Thank you. Um, yeah, since our last episode, we've been, we've been busy. We have. A lot has been happening. Yeah. And um, well, I don't even know where to start. I'm, I've been dealing with a lot of uni. Every day something new is happening. My day-to-day is packed. Yeah. And um, I guess it's just that time of year as well. We're going yeah. into Gemini season. Ooh. And how long have you been running this podcast now? Um, when did you launch? How many weeks, months ago? Since April. April. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're quite fresh. Yeah, yeah, doing yeah. good. But we've had good uptake. Yeah, and we've been trying to do one one every week. Yeah. Impressive. It's with our plate, it's, it's interesting. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. I actually had to take a hiatus um, over the last three days. I think I emailed you about it. Good. But um, yeah, I was just like, pause everything. Yeah. I was just lying on the couch. She got home at 4 a.m. the other night, and I was like, hi. <laughs> Back to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was hard, but it was good. Yeah, Learned a lot. You're coming through it. So. Yeah, feeling good. a lot better. Good. Okay, we'll take it easy. I'll try not to hit you too much with my responses, <laughs> give you too much to think about. True. But no, I doubt. No, I doubt that will happen. Ready for it? I doubt it will happen either. I mean, let's jump into our questions. Okay. Yes. okay. Um. So, do you want to ask the first one? Yes. So, in each of our journeys, there have been turning points, places we have chosen to go right instead of going left. What was your biggest turning point and where would you be today if you hadn't made it? So the truth is I scanned these questions and I just told myself, yep, yep, you've got it. And then you ask and I start to panic thinking, which one? (laughs) Um, My 
my turning point, um, which did you say if I hadn't taken, wouldn't get me where I am today? Mm-hmm. It would have to be coming to Australia. Yeah. If I had not, firstly, if I hadn't pursued the offer that hadn't been given to me, but I knew was coming, um, I might, I don't know where my life would be. I think I would still always be on the trajectory I'm on, but I believe I would be 10 years behind. And even though I'm an engineer, math doesn't seem to be my strong point under pressure, but I've been here seven years. So what I really mean is that I've actually been behind, <laughs> behind. Um, and that feels weird to say because for me, Australia opened everything. And I do recall people telling me, yeah, but you don't want to go to Australia. You don't want to do it. You're not going to be welcomed. Um, what was the other thing? <laughs> um, there were all sorts of things and comments that people said. And it was a big deal because this was just myself and my two kids. And I remember having to speak to my brother and a few other people. And I even started to go and look into history of how many, you know, how many migrants went on boats, um, how many lost their lives in doing it. And so I really had to almost give myself a really deep education to allow myself to say, okay, this is this is worth it. it's almost like a sliding doors moment for me mm. because if I didn't just say yes F it get the ticket I was blessed to have a job get on a plane two kids only knowing one person I categorically know I would not be sitting in your wonderful space doing mm. this and all the other things I'm doing mm. so yeah that was a big turning point mm. Mm. I think Australia is very much a catalyst country yeah there's so much that happens here that would never happen but why why is that is it because of how removed it is and therefore we haven't had that geographically yeah (laughs) maybe because there aren't that many humans because we're quite I mean I've I've never followed numbers but what 25 million I think is what we are and then you go and yet we've got this massive land Mm. and I think that has to be part of it is that we've left the true magic of earth here mm. that hence the reason why i think some of us like myself like i said I've, I've i think i've achieved in the past six years what sometimes takes people 15 to 20 years to do Absolutely. and i think there's definitely magic in australia mm. i think partially part of that is definitely due to the fact that there have been like traditional custodians who've looked after the land for longer yeah. than other parts of the world yes um and i think colonialism in australia only has like what a 200 year history right. at most yes and so that definitely would probably yeah. come into it. Oh, know. I feel another history lesson coming. I, I really want, so, someone said to me the other day, and I'm probably gonna get this wrong, that this is the longest living indigenous culture in the world. Yes. That's that's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what the hell? Why, why are we not having conversations? Why aren't, why aren't elders or, or those that have that knowledge part of our government decisions? Mm. I'm going to go off on a tangent here, so you better take control of this. <laughs> <laughs> so fair, question. so fair. Um, thank you for that. No, like you. that. I like that. I like the pace that we're going at as well. Okay. <laughs> Good. Um, what role do you think mindfulness and spirituality play in our journey back to ourselves? Um, and just a little caveat onto that one. What do you think the consequences are of us not waking up when we need to? Oh, so I've got a question to ask you first. Yeah. So firstly, and I guess with how I do my work in transformation, I'm under the assumption that not everybody would understand what the journey back to self means because most of us were just born assuming this is it, where are you going back to? Mm. So would we suggest that most people listening are aware of what journey back to self feels like or can we break that down a bit? 
Let's break it down a little bit, but okay. in under five minutes. Okay. Yeah, I can, I, I can do it in 90 seconds. <laughs> because for me, journey back to self is figuring out who I am and what I am truly capable of. I think the world, trauma, um, systems, just life layers so much stuff on us that I think we truly forget who we are. So journey back to self is at your core, if nothing had tainted you, including your parents and your loved ones, who would you be in the world? How would you show up? Would you do your profession? So going back to your question of mindfulness, I think it plays a big role, but but here's the thing. So as an engineer, I'm so interested in science and I'm, I'm, I'm going to embark on a PhD. I'm going to be positive about my next meeting. Um, I'm going to embark on a PhD. And so I'm speaking to a lot of scientists because there's an element of the work I want to do that will look at science and data because we live in a world where we want lots of data as opposed to how we feel. And speaking to a psychologist who has got over three decades of experience, she says the one thing the psychological world missed out or didn't pay enough attention to was mindfulness and a lot of practices from indigenous cultures and the East. So with Without a shadow of a doubt, mindfulness and, and other methods plays a key role because what for me what it does is it it just silences the noise. Mm. Now you've got to dig deep to be able to find the place and the time to do that on a regular basis. So I'm assuming it's life work. I'm assuming unless we change the whole paradigm of how we live and how busy we are in trying to survive, it will take regular, regular practice. But yeah, that's my thoughts to the first part of the question. I've forgotten the second part. The second part is, what do you think the consequences are of not doing so? I think the consequences are what we're going through now. I mean, Mm. if we sat down here just for a hot minute and I asked you both, you know, and my included, to just reel off all the challenges and problems you are facing as an individual, what we're facing in the world, you you would ha- we i honestly think we could come up easily with 20 to 50 things between us whether it's food shortages whether whether it's climate change whether it's racism whether it's gender disparity there will be something for me not finding not going back to self brings that up because i, I believe on an innate level that we are all here oh i never thought i'd say this in a podcast but we are all here to go back to a place of love where we see each other regardless of all these um what's it called, words or or constructs that have been done. And I believe when we do that, we then start to care about the things that truly matter. Mm. Getting the tingles. Mm. Yeah, good Mm. work. (laughs) (laughs) I like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I I do agree that we're living very unconsciously. And when you do look at all those 20 to 50 things, like, it's hard not to drown. Yes. And it's, um, so you have to be incredibly strong to be able to, I think, practice mindfulness like that. Yeah. And truly, yeah, like wake up to yourself because it's, yeah, it's hard. And that's a great point. I want to highlight that, that we we don't talk about often. It, it You can drown in it. I just put a post out yesterday where I spoke about the foundation. Well, I'm, I'm like, I'm tired. Like yeah. I'm sitting here and I'm smiling with you, but I am tired and I'm not even talking physically, I'm talking soul level. But what allows me to get up every day and keep going is that I've accepted. I've accepted that as a minimum, the work I am here to do, of which coming back to self is part of it, is to just do more than what I came in with. Ideally, I want it to be a lot more because I'm a bit of a you know overachiever. overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> but even if it's just a little bit so that I can just pass the baton to someone else. 
whether that be my daughter or the boy from India or somewhere from someone in Brazil, that's enough for me. And I think that's how we've got to see it. Because remember, we're now living in a world where we want to do everything now and get the results now. And I believe we can do this in less time than some of what the stats show. But so we don't drown is just accept what we are doing and that it is making a difference and that you leave a legacy with the intention of being a good ancestor. Mm. For me, mm. that that hopefully will take away the pressure. Mm. Small measured steps. Yeah. Towards a greater goal. Yeah. 100%. It makes it much more achievable, I suppose. Yeah, it does. Mm. It does. And you, you'll be surprised. I mean, if you look back on one year, three months of what you've done, you know, you said you started this in April. Where are we? When that last month? Yep. Yeah. Mm. We're, We're in May. at the Are end of June? May now. Yeah. yeah, like for real. And look at the content of the conversations and the reach you're having. Um, I also believe time is going at a speed that completely defies the human construct of time. <laughs> yeah. So mm. you've probably been doing this podcast for a couple of years now. Sometimes we do speak and we're like, wow we've just never really had this kind of flow because we're used to short conversations yeah mm. it, like when we did our first episode we had to take like two breaks we did it in three parts and it was only for an hour but because we're not used to like sitting and talking yeah. so deeply yes. we were like wow this is like actually quite tiring yeah and um now we're more into the habit of it but yeah it, it really shows that even though we talk a lot and we have very deep conversations a lot even for longer than an hour it just it felt so exhausting yeah and it because it is it appears to be heavy work and because we just don't do enough of it yeah um but the more you keep practicing and and the more you know the messages and the interviews you're doing will will reach the people it needs to reach yeah hopefully that's our goal (laughs) um so tell us about the sawabona is that how you say it? That sounds good enough to me. Transformation <laughs> Foundation. Um, how did it happen and what can we expect? Yeah, so I actually got corrected today. So Sawabona, which I'm probably not even pronouncing it right, so there's no judgment. Transformation Foundation. I put on a post yesterday because I just wanted to announce it. I've been having some mental health challenges with someone really close to me. Um, and I I thought Sawabona I've heard was a Swahili word, but I've been advised now by people is that it's a Zulu word. And that is a tribe in Africa, exactly where I don't know, but I love the meaning. So for me, I came across the word Sawabona a couple of years ago. My partner, who is non-BIPOC, i.e. he's not black, indigenous, or a person of color, he said the word. And at first I'm thinking, why would you do that, dude? Like, just leave it alone. But then eventually (laughs) he told me what it meant and race, culture, gender, orientation, everything disappeared the minute I knew what it meant and it means I see you and that's part of of life's mission for you to be seen so if I look at you this morning some the greetings would be I see you and your response in that Zulu language would be you know and I'm here to be seen thank you there's something gracious about that so I knew that I wanted to create businesses that had that word or that meaning in it Mm. Um, and I've sat on it for a very long time I've got a couple of businesses they are all um, i.e they're there to make a profit I mean like I say unless we can start paying rent in hugs and kisses we've got to make money so (laughs) I'm trying to get all my businesses to do just that however what's become really apparent sometimes that there are a number of people in the world who want to contribute and do good and so the idea was to have a foundation and with the view that the foundation will reach people wide and far and especially wanted it to be to have directors 
from a diverse background and not just in terms of culture or gender but just experience of life because that's how we can reach people all over and the transformation part of um Salbona Transformation Foundation is is really about a shift in perspective I mean I don't know how long people have been trying to get the world to be right and I put that in inverted commas of what right means and whether it's balanced and fair but at some point we're going to need to be able to change the whole paradigm and for me transformation is okay we tried this way for centuries let's try it a different way and what we're currently experiencing in the world with the pandemic you know there's a part of me that says it's a huge opportunity i think what makes me nervous is if myself or people like yourself are going to be at the forefront of whatever the new change or the new paradigm shift is going to be and and so salbona transformation foundation is is an attempt a strong attempt to be at the forefront especially around resolving trauma mm. that was so long but i'd never been asked that question before because we're <laughs> the first people to know about it but yes <laughs> good practice answer. yeah that was a good answer and I think that there's like really a space for it because no one's really touched trauma. It's such a, um, well, obviously it's heavy and it's taboo. No one really wants to speak about it, but everyone mm-hmm. has at least some trauma. Absolutely. No one can come through life without a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, admire that so much that you're like, let's just do it. Yeah, let's. And, and there are a few people doing stuff, but I think it's... It's individual traumas, so whether it's the war, um, mm. whether it's, you know, miscarriages, so many, and, and and they're necessary. And, you know, like I said, I'm always trying to take a big, tall order. I'd, I'd love a space where anyone could come and share what theirs is. You know, when I was planning my TEDx talk, the opening line of my TEDx is, my trauma is bigger than yours. And I'm really saying it, not necessarily in jest, but to really get the audience to lean in that this is what we're all doing, trying to figure out who's been screwed up the most, as opposed to looking at the impacts. Mm. And my son, who's seven years old, would joke and he say, no, my trauma's bigger than yours. I fell down in the play school ground. But the dude is like really fighting his corner. And, you know, to me, that might seem trivial that he hurt his knee. But to him, it's it's more than that. And even though the trauma might not be him hurting his knee, it could be my response of brushing him off that it's not important. And that's what I want Salbona Transformation Foundation to do, which is to create the space for everybody to speak um, however there is a point where we need to come out of the victim story and this is a huge part of the foundation and say okay you've acknowledged are you open to being to going through the healing process Um, and that for me is when the true journey of going back to self begins yeah that felt good to say that out loud thank you thank you for the question (laughs) once you move out of that victim zone where do you find yourself in an empowered place, a place that, and, and empowered even as a seven-year-old kid is that you, you don't hinge on somebody else. I know from a maternal, paternal, you know, family perspective, you still rely for your safety. But if you look at the animal kingdom, a lot of them are kicked off a cliff the minute they're born. I think I saw the birds do that on um, a David Attenborough show. <laughs> so for, for me, it, it empowers you. It empowers you to say, okay, what do I want to do now? who am I really now I've started to dust up all these things that are taken on mm. and then I I stretch mm. Salbana Transformation Foundation will stretch those who are open and ready to say how can you now contribute as you go through your healing acknowledging that I don't believe there is any element of perfection I really don't so I wouldn't suggest we need to wait for everybody to be perfect before they can contribute 
because uh, we'd be waiting a while. And the sometimes the most valuable thing you can bring is what you don't know. Exactly. Mm. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I really, um, I really, really uh, admire and appreciate that you are doing this very important work in this space. That I feel like a lot of people kind of just feel helpless. So I think you give people hope, and um, and I think it's very important in this time for Thank people you. to have that. Thank you. I think hearing you say it as well makes me feel a bit nervous and heavy, but... Um, no pressure. I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's the work to be done, but then, you know, having platforms like this, regardless of how long you've been out there, knowing that this will still be relevant in years to come um, is is good enough for me not to feel like it's all on me. So, And yeah. I, I like to think about these things, like uh, often we all always feel like small drops, mm. like where we can only do as much as we can in our own drops, but I think that we're more of an ocean than we realise, yeah. both individually and also as collective. a collective. Yeah. Um, so I like to think of us as small drops in an ocean of change. Mm, okay. When I think about like all the wonderful people like yourself mm. that are doing amazing things, like Zainab that I met at yeah. your party the other day, yeah. who's running that mental health workshop. Yep. Awesome. Mm. Tallulah just doing the best she can <laughs> with what she has, you know? Awesome. I think about all these people and I'm like, yeah, like every person that's trying is another person that's, you know, moving towards the light. Agreed. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's... I think it's really good that you're trying to champion against the pain Olympics Mm. because everyone does constantly be like, but mine is worse, but mine Mm. is worse. But you don't, you don't know that someone else's perspective. Yeah. What seems small to you might be gigantic to them. And you, you have to be able to take a step back and be like, oh, I see it from your perspective. Yeah. What does it look like to wear somebody else's shoes if we wanted to be part of the change? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there are people around the world doing it. I'm not sure where Australia is with that because every time I look at the feeds of my um, American friends, there's the significant progression. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that Australia starts to use its voice a lot more in the trauma space and the change. Mm. It's just, it's not strong enough for me yet. Yeah, no. I think America is going through a huge shift at the moment. Yeah. On so many levels. So yeah. I think that sort of stuff is genuinely just going to happen. Yeah. What's the rest of the world? Um, no, to America. To America, yeah. 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 I think they kind of, like, we kind of need to have, this sounds interesting, we'll unpack it, I suppose, but something that is so big that kind of makes us shift Yeah. how we are yeah. talking about things mm-hmm. and how we converse with things. And I kind of, like, hoped that what was going on in Parliament at the moment with, like, all the allegations around sexual assault and things yeah. like that would be part of that discussion. Um, but, again, it's very easy to sort of sweep those things. It is. But I trust me, people are doing stuff on it. I'm, so I'm at Parliament next month talking about sexual harassment with Grace Tame. And what I love is that there are organisations just saying, keep it going, keep it going. And that's the reason why every now and again I'm doing a post, because we usually wait for something to happen, like put in black squares, or we wait for a war to happen mm. to talk about the unjust in the world. And, and the secret is to keep going. However, you've got to be courageous, because <laughs> I've had some people send me messages saying, Yemi, yeah, we need more light-hearted content because it's <laughs> getting heavy. And I'm like, <laughs> like, what do you think I feel yeah, like? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, trying to, ca- trying to cater to a number of audiences, but... I think this this is the time. This is a huge time in history to to keep our foot on the pedal for change. Mm. I also think that Australia is still suffering from tall poppy syndrome. Mm. Like we are in such the ha- the habit of doing that. Um, Why is that? What I mean, ed- educate I me. What's know. the history? Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. I think we're very. I think the culture of Australia is very laid back. Yeah, and so. 
and we're sort of like all in it together kind of deal but in reality we're not like yeah. put up shut up for the greater good yeah, yeah. Mm. and like so it's hard I think to yeah. break through that and to to like stand up and talk about things yeah. or to yeah it just if somebody does it everyone's like no don't <laughs> yeah I mean you're you're onto something I think just being here in the couple of years that I've been working in certain organizations and I know lots of people talk about it if you were to speak up about a matter all of a sudden you find yourself displaced or in a different job mm. and and so there is a big shift for me I'm currently reading a book called less is more um which I haven't finished it yet, but I think the concept is we have to get comfortable with not having as much as we are told to have based on marketing and the Amazons of the world. And if we can get comfortable with having less than we have, then we don't fear the fact that tall poppy syndrome might cut us down when we speak up. Mm. Um, That was so convoluted, but I think I see a flow diagram coming through for me. (laughs) But um, I think think you're right, but it's gonna take a few really courageous people to say, I don't mind. I don't mind if I lose my, you know, personal stuff at the risk of speaking up for change. Yeah, because mm. it is just stuff at the end of the day. I know you're living more of a minimalist lifestyle these days. I am, until I went into storage and saw the dresses I have in a suitcase and I was like, oh, I'll take that one. But <laughs> I'm trying to live on as minimum clothes. I just recycle my shirts every other day. That's good. And I'm happy with that. I've, I've got a uniform set of just mo- moo's. Mm. That's That's my... Just freedom clothes. Love it. <laughs> I didn't wear one today because I was like, I should wear pants. <laughs> uh, on today's theme of the episode, leadership mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship. Yes. Of which you are both mm-hmm. an entrepreneur and a leader. Um, we know it can be scary and daunting for a lot of young people, especially young women, mm-hmm. um, who face so many challenges. So what's the best advice you can offer to anyone considering stepping outside of the box and taking a leap of faith in their own passion projects? This one I've been using a lot, and you would have definitely heard it a few times there. So it's I've learned this from Tony Robbins, but no knowledge is new knowledge. So he's probably got it from someone else, which is the six human needs. And I won't go through all of them, but if you just research up six human needs and take the test, find out what human need drives you. And for me, if you are planning to be a leader and or an entrepreneur, it is probably really advisable that one of your human needs is either to contribute to the world at large and or to grow so noting that there are other ones but for me if you're a leader and entrepreneur you're doing one if not both of those and so when you take that into account and you acknowledge you want to contribute and it isn't just about your ego of which there's nothing wrong with your ego it's trying to protect you but when you're trying to do um serve a higher purpose and serve other people instigate change lead people from the front the middle and the back the best way that it's worked for me and to allow me to let my ego go to sleep is I'm here to serve other people and it's the best feeling in the world. It's almost better than giving yourself something because when you see joy, it's just kind of like multiplied by 10. Mm. And so I would say sit in and figure out who it is you're serving because that will allow you to be significantly more fearless. Yeah, there's a bit of stuff you need to work around risk taking. The other thing I would say is if you're nervous about taking risks, whether that's investing your last $20 on something that you believe in, but you don't know if it's going to give you the return, you got to understand that... um, you will need to fail a few times before you eventually succeed. But if you can sit with what the worst thing can be, my worst fear is death. Mm. So on the premise that I'm going to not die from investing in something, it's highly likely I will do it, especially if I'm contributing. So there's a whole formula to it, but if I was to just 
you know, summarize that is firstly figure out who you are serving because you're most likely a contributor if you're a leader or an entrepreneur and sit with your risk. What is the worst thing that can happen to you? If the thing you know you want to do and should do isn't going to equate to the worst thing that can happen to you, then go for it. And is the worst thing really that bad? Mm. That'll be the mm. next question. And I mean, if the worst thing that's happened to you has already happened to you. Girl, then what are you waiting for? Exactly. And trust me, I think 2020 and this pandemic has forced everybody in it. But we're probably too busy trying to survive that we've forgotten that we just completely got through our worst fear. Mm. And my, my call to action for everybody, especially young people who are eventually going to take the reins on, on this earth we are living on, is you need to be more bodacious because you've probably already got generations who have screwed up a lot so there isn't much to lose that sounds a bit gloomy but it should really be seen as hope because you potentially have a blank slate and Mm. if you flip it on its head it's actually everything to gain yes exactly everything to gain hashtag (laughs) everything to gain yes (laughs) beautiful well thank you so much thank you it was an absolute pleasure we must have a part two maybe in a couple yes. of months time i'll yes. be down for that the we'll words yes the flow the words yes. on point <laughs> thank you very much for joining us um yummy pen everyone Woo! <laughs> um yeah we hope that your phd interview goes really well thank you um and thank you for coming here i'll be back again because it looks like an awesome space <laughs> thank, thank you. you very much so yemi just left and we're just like decompressing having a moment Mm. she's i was just saying that she's so magnetic like she was sitting just across from me and i was like wow enraptured yeah i was just so like and i was like i can't breathe like i i can't eat in front of her i'm having having a moment having a fangirl moment yeah i think that was me for like the first three months of knowing Yemi. Mm. I still get moments where I'm like, because ah. <laughs> yeah, incredible lady person. Truly. And everything she says holds so much meaning. She speaks so eloquently and so like purposefully from the inside. Mm. I would love to look at her natal chart. So I think this is a really big period for rebirth for more expansion, authenticity, and empowerment. So we gotta make make some space for love, joy, and abundance. I'm excited. I've been releasing a lot of shit lately and not all of it has been for me. All right, so it's been a couple of weeks since we met with Yummy Pen and since that podcast that you just listened to that conversation that you just listened to happened. Yeah. She was here in our house. It was pretty incredible. It and was. she's coming back soon. She said it too. Yeah. At the end, she was like, I must come back. And I was like, that is so complimentary of you. <laughs> I think our space is really some a place that people want to be in as well. Yeah. Um, for those of you listening at home, we've just really turned it a place that was kind of like, I don't know, not really a place. And then we turned it into a home. Yeah. And we just had a friend over just, he left only a little bit ago and he said a similar thing. He was like, the vibes in here are so peaceful. Yeah. It is a palace of Zen. 
Yeah, Yemi is wonderful. She's a global thought leader on empowerment and resilience. Um, so an engineer profession, I believe she's trying to undertake her PhD at UTS. So all the best with that. I'm really excited about it. Um, and she's also just a, cha- a champion and a tireless advocate for equality and equity. You know, she does it every day, lives and breathes it. Social media, um, also in her work personally as like a mindset coach. Um, and she also has her own cafe called the Golden Thread in Belmore. So if y'all are looking for a good cafe to hit up, would definitely recommend the food. It's delicious. I need to visit. I think you'll really like it. It sounds good. Yeah, and we're going to be spending a lot more time there as well because we're going to be helping present some programs for youth in the area too, which is something that has just recently come up on our radar, which I'm really excited about. It's all just happening. It's a good time. Yeah, I think the, um, the discussion that we had with Yemi was particularly important as well. Um, given the current climate of what we're facing in the world at the moment. Um, And I really hope that the conversation we had provides a lot of the young people that are listening with some hope that there are like adults in the world at the moment who are trying to make a positive impact for the better through their work, um, whether that be through the startup of trauma, um, trauma based charities and organizations, um, or even just encouraging people to speak with their voice more often, um, and to encourage more people to take up the challenge of advocacy, which is something that is so important, um, in this day and age when we're, you know, really in a bit of a struggle for the fight of our lives and for the fight for this planet as well. Mm. All very important things. Yeah. And like, what I said when we were decompressing after she left um, was that she's very purposeful. And I've been, like, now following her Instagram as well and, like, every post on there is intentional and every post on there is motivational. Um, it all has a message behind it and a reason for her posting it. And she puts so much... Well, it comes across as um, that she puts so much effort behind it I think it's a lot of love too yeah Mm. and like that's interesting because you don't usually see that on social media Mm. which I think is yeah interesting and I I probably should probably be really happy to hear that as well because I've heard her like um talk about the woes of social media about how Mm. if she didn't really run a business she probably wouldn't be on social media which is something that as a small business owner I really resonate with because Mm. I'm not very big on social media but I know that I need to post on there if I want to be able to engage people in my business yeah um, because that's how people communicate but otherwise I probably would be an entirely like humanoid recluse on social media I probably wouldn't use it um but yeah it's good to see content on there that breaks up a little bit of the noise chatter Mm. yeah and I think that's kind of where I'm at in life at the moment where I'm like I actually just can't consume anything that's not positive or doesn't serve me yeah so that's like music that's film that's Instagram content like my whole feed is just whack bang spirituality um which is good in a way but yeah I can I can see how it'd be good to break it up too in that way too yeah yeah and I yeah and I think it's refreshing yes because when I come on her posts I'm like wow yeah and it's like um it's a long cap caption as well which I think is interesting too because a lot of people don't do that they're like here's a photo of me true whereas she's like on this day I was feeling this way and I want to share this with you and Mm this is what I learned from that and yeah Mm. 
I think it's very important because, yeah, a lot of our interactions are very touch and go um, and not exactly the most genuine. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of space for us to be having more vulnerable conversations on social media because it would really be a bit of a subversion of the platform itself because it's a place where you very much engage with people on that face value level, that very superficial level of like, here's a photo of me, say nice things about my face. Mm. Um, Where, you know, in actual fact, a lot of us are yearning to be seen on a different level. And I think that part of being able to engage on that level is yeah long long captions Mm -hmm. and like meaningful comments in return to be seen and to be heard yeah but yeah i really enjoyed our conversation and i really hope that our listeners at home um take a lot from it because i know that we did um and we really look forward to be able to have more inspirational guests on our show more inspiring women who inspire us to do better and to be better um and to take on the challenges that the world are presenting us with today yeah for our next podcast episode we'll be joined by maria calibo salas um she's the founder of calma corps and also an ambassador for sheeo um, which is a women's startup organization so Stay tuned. It's going to be a good conversation about courageous championship and why we need more of it. Thank you so much for listening to our sixth episode with our first big special guest. No offense, Lockie. No offense, Lockie. Love you. (laughs) Tallulah said it to me yesterday and she was like, Lockie doesn't count. He's family. And I thought that was sweet, but also like kind of rude. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I said it was kind of sweet. (laughs) (laughs) So we were so pleased that you'd be able to listen all the way through. We hope that you really resonated with some of the stuff we've been talking about. Um, If you'd like to support the work we're doing, please head to our Patreon page, which we're going to share on our Instagram. Um, Each supporter of different crystals will receive that same crystal in the mail, plus a sleuth of other really awesome prizes and like benefits yes and a thank you letter from us mm, handwritten yes Tula has really nice handwriting oh so do you yeah but i like yours for like letters oh thank you well you have that to look forward to mm. um yeah thank you so much for supporting us this is really exciting and it gives us opportunities to sit down with magnetic speakers like yummy and have really important conversations And thank you to Yemi for joining us today. Thank you for taking the time out from your very busy life to come to our little humble abode. You're incredible. Phenomenally phenomenal woman. Yes. Thank you. See you next week. Bye.